this content factory we call The Rich Eisen Show. This is The Rich Eisen Show. And if you don't have a, a sense of excitement about this, I don't know what you're here for. The Rich Eisen Show. I can't tell you enough how much I love your show. With guest hosts, Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf. Boom! Live. Boom! From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The Rich Eisen brand is really hot. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and now... Sitting in for Rich. We're ready for any challenge. Here's Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf. Welcome back to the show. The show rolls on. Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf filling in for Rich. Excited for our next guest because I was going on a hike yesterday, Ryan, Ryan here in, in Los Angeles. I was hiking up Runyon and I was towards the top where, you know, people like to rest and take in the city's views. And I felt the entire city just... Ah, like exhale. You could see it reverberate across the town because the news broke that Anthony Davis only has a calf strain. And and I know someone who was very excited about that, uh, who loves Anthony Davis's calves. And that's O'Shea Jackson Jr. who calls in the show. How you feeling today, Shay? Oh, man, I'm, I'm feeling, like you said, feeling relieved. <laughs> Anthony Davis has the best calves in the world. I haven't seen calves like that since 2016 when LeBron won the <laughs> That tells you what kind of fan Ryan he is, right? He's analyzing the calf structure, and his seats are good enough, you know, in the before oh, of course. times to, yeah. see, to see AD's calves. But obviously, you know, uh, fearing the worst, like we all were yesterday, jokes aside, this this is a good thing for the Lakers. Uh, definitely so. You know, um, Laker fans, we still get cold sweats when we hear the word Achilles. It, uh, you know, it just... It, just, it, it hits. I don't think it hits another franchise the same. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to know that Anthony, uh, his injury at least isn't that, you know, serious as, as serious as um, an Achilles is. But yeah, he needs to rest up. Just take a break. You already are coming back from the shortest break a champion's ever gotten. Just let him let him relax a little bit. Let LeBron get this MVP trophy going. And, yeah, you know, we, we, we need him to be geared up for these playoffs. You know, when you win the championship, all you can think about is the next time you're in the playoffs. I, this regular season, I don't want to hear no type of drama during this regular season. O'Shea Jackson Jr. calls the show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen. O'Shea, what, you kind of spoke on that. Would you be okay if he didn't play until the, the week leading up to the playoffs? <laughs> Well, I, I need to see you warmed up a little bit. You definitely want to keep the chemistry of the team. I love how deep we are. Um, but, I, yeah, man, get you get you a little rest. You know, get you a little rest when, you, when you're feeling 100%. Give LeBron a little bit of a rest. But I, I, I need these guys to be ready to get number 18. You know, it, it's, it's one thing to give it your all and, you know, it's knock on wood and you, you hate. You hate when players get hurt in the playoffs, but the regular season, you know, you don't want. And I'm seeing people all over shows already giving our title away because of a calf in, uh, calf injury. I'm not going to name names because Laker fans, we like to keep receipts, so I'll see them in the finals. But yeah, it's uh, I, I just want everybody rested up, and ready to go, because when those when those playoffs come around, teams are going to be gunning for the champ. O'Shea Jackson Jr. joins the show. You know him from movies like Ingrid Goes West, The Long Shot, one of yeah. the Godzilla movies. I forget which one. One of them. <laughs> it's got some nice checks off of that. 
Uh, O'Shea, I got to be honest. I did a little bait and switch with you today. I invited you on the show because I knew you'd have some great feelings about Anthony Davis's calf. But I really just wanted to have you on the day after Julius Randle went for 44 in the Garden and Jordan Clarkson. And Jordan Clarkson went for 40 in Utah. So how do you feel seeing the, the Lakers kids out there shining? Man, I love them. I love them. You know, I uh, Laker fans, we have a we have a place in our heart, especially me with Julius Randle. I was watching Julius uh, all throughout college. I remember his high school numbers were just ridiculous. And um, yeah, I, I, I remember the day we got him, and I was just so happy, and I was so hurt that we lose Julius the same time we get LeBron. It, it drove me crazy. But, yeah, you know, I'm happy for Julius Randle. Jordan Clarkson has always been a dog. Love Jordan. Um, I don't love the team that either of them play for, but I'll give the Knicks some love just for you, Ben. Appreciate that, but, yeah, man. It, it, it's great to see the young kids thriving. Um, you know, it's, and once a Laker, always a Laker. If you guys get tired of, you know, being mediocre, come on back. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I was I grew up in Montana, so I was nowhere near it. But Showtime Lakers for me, uh, you know, Magic, uh, Byron Scott, Michael Cooper, James Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That was that was my team. My dad was a Celtics fan. It's before so Shea's time. Always, it's before yeah. Shea's time. He only yeah, sees it in stacked. highlights, bro. <laughs> no, they're stacked. I, I I know that team pretty well. Michael Cooper, Defensive Player of the Year. They never give him credit for it, but whatever. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> so living in L.A. now. Um, finally having a chance, if I want, to, to go and be kind of part of Showtime. What has it been like the last two years? Well, last year and then this year, like, as a diehard fan, not being able to, to go and, and, and root your team on and only be able to do it from the, you know, the cell of your, of your living room, I, it's probably pretty damn nice, but still, it's not the same. What's, what's it been like, man? Yeah, it's been uh, – I, I always, as a kid, I've always heard about – 1988, like which just sounds like the most magical year in Los Angeles history. The Dodgers and the Lakers win the title, and I always thought, you yeah, know, that'll never happen again. Never happen again. And then, of course, it happens again because Los Angeles is just so great. But it 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 happens during the pandemic, and you know those bubble games were those are some of the most stressful games of my life. I've been out of the playoffs for like 10 years, or or. I think it was eight years, but ten years. That's not a long time, O'Shea. By the way, it's listen, not a long boy, time. Laker, I listen, I'm sorry, I'm not a Phoenix Sun. All right, I'm sorry, I'm not a Memphis Grizzly, a Charlotte Hornet, or whatever. It's a long time for a Laker, and it, uh, you know, it, it it felt great, but it is bittersweet not to be able to have our parade, not be able to celebrate. Even though I just saw Tampa Bay have somewhat of a parade, but anyway, yeah, it it it, it is bittersweet, but nothing matters. Unless you get that ring, I don't care if I if, if they don't let me go to another parade. As long as we keep stacking these titles and I keep getting in fans' faces and they have nothing back to say to me, life is good. Let's let's retroactively hold those in the Venice canals. How about that? Since we know we can put them on boats and celebrate. <laughs> let's run the L.A. River. <laughs> let's fill that. Let's, let's fill that L.A. River. Let's fill that beast up with some some water and then float that float that thing around. Exactly. O'Shea Jackson Jr. joins the show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen. And Shay, I never really trust IMDB too much. I like to try to go to the source. So I saw you've got okay. some upcoming projects that uh, I took an interest in, and I want to know the status of them. 
Sports fans, of course, know the legendary story of Doc Ellis throwing a perfect game or a no-hitter on, on uh, LSD, and I see that you're attached to play Doc Ellis. Any truth to the rumor? Well, that, yeah, that's been, um, that's been actually going around, I think, for I think a little bit after I did Straight Outta Compton. You know, we had got uh, not, not exactly an offer, but, you know, I was a front runner to be, you know, Doc um, I'll, I'm really still very into it. I don't know um, how far along that project is. Like I said, we've been talking about it uh, for years. But I, you know, that just that that story of who Doc is and, and you know what <laughs> happened on that fateful day. I just feel like as an actor, you got to drool at something like that. Like you know, you could I, I could I could kill it. And everybody knows I'm not a baseball guy, but. You know, it is something that'll just add to how great my performance is. <laughs> so, well, it, clearly you've got the swagger, and that's another project that I'm interested in. Swagger, loosely based on Kevin Durant's experiences in the AAU scene. What can you tell us about that one? Yeah, I'm actually filming that right now. I'm in Virginia uh, filming Swagger. It's a, you know, it's a great project. Um, speaking just on the, the ins and outs, the good and bad of AAU, and, you know, just kind of the shadiness that, that that I'm sure Kevin, you know, went through during his life. And, you know, we also speak on a lot of the a lot of issues that, you know, our, our young kids everywhere uh, deal with that are kind of that they, they circle basketball, but there's real life elements outside of basketball. Basketball is our icing on this cake. And, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm having a good time out here. Uh, shout out to Kevin should have been a Laker Durant and you know, everything that they've done to help us and keep us safe during COVID. And uh, yeah, I'm doing that right now. You got LeBron, you got AD. I don't want to hear any of it. I don't want to hear any of it. Get out of here. O'Shea Jackson Jr. Joins the show. Long suffering Nick fan, Ben Lyons filling in for rich eyes and alongside (laughs) Ryan Lee. Hey, I was a Cubs fan. Uh, forever wow. so I, I i understand your 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 feelings ben you know let's not let's not throw him into the mix hey o'shea uh i was telling ben yesterday when i found out you were going to be on the show right so uh you you got to play the the iconic part of your father in 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 uh straight out of compton and yeah uh i grew up in montana right so there was mm. two black kids in my whole high school it was uh as marginalized as probably you can imagine uh and that and that but i but your dad's music, like, reached me there. I remember the time my mom walked into my room, like, you know, flashing the, the, the tape cassette in my face with the parental advisory thing. Like, what's this, what's this Dr. Duray thing you got going on here? And uh, <laughs> I, it's, it, it's seriously, man, it's uh, how, how when, you, when he probably started with his, with his brothers and that, uh, making that music, and it was about the community, and it was about everything, and how it reached everywhere else. I mean, that... That had to have been so powerful, and to play that part and to do it so well, man, uh, it, it it meant a lot to somebody from you know nobody, somebody you didn't know, nobody that you would think would ever probably hear your dad's music because of it. Yeah, it um, you know, I I'm so thankful that my first at bat was a home run. You know, I can't really <laughs> like that that will forever be, you know, my favorite movie because of what it meant to my family. And all right. all I really wanted to do was. I had always seen, you know, we always see artists pass away and then they spend years talking about how great they were and how amazing they, the, how they shifted the culture and they get their flowers when they're not around to smell them. 
And I didn't want that for my guy. I didn't want people to wait and and to see everything that he he had done, not only for music, but like I said, for the culture, for people's voices, the voiceless everywhere. And yeah, I wanted people who didn't, who weren't like you, who didn't know of my father and didn't know of the music to see why they should give a damn, why they should appreciate the the struggle, the hardships, the hard work. My father was 16, 17 years old during those times, you know, for a young kid to see what he sees and to be able to put it on paper and it affect the world. I just wanted them to see what type of superhero I see every day. Well, it, I, 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 I can just tell you it was, man. I mean, anybody who's that age, regardless of, of circumstance, you want uh, – there's a revolutionary feeling to you and you want to make positive change and you want to do what's right. And, and that came across to a little – you know, a little white kid in the wheat fields of Montana, man. Ryan, so I don't think you were ever little. I feel like you were shaving <laughs> in elementary school. This little well, my, son's, comes from. my son's probably O'Shea's height already now, so he's three. So we'll, we'll <laughs> look at that. O'Shea Jackson Jr. joins the show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen. You know, Shay, you grew up in the business, and then, like you said, you hit a home run, which you absolutely, absolutely did in, in your first performance on screen. But all of a sudden, and I can't believe I'm saying this, it's been a minute since Straight Outta Compton. Like Life happened, yeah. and you've taken on a lot of new roles and new challenges, so you now have a different understanding of the business than you did growing up in the business. So what have you learned since Straight Outta Compton that has impacted how you approach taking on new roles like you're doing in Swagger? Yeah, it's funny that you say that because literally maybe two weeks ago um, – I sat and realized, you know, I had to audition for Straight Outta Compton for two years before I got the role. And so I had to sit and think, like, I've been acting, like, I started my career, I've been acting for eight years. It it, kind of, like, blew me. You know, I'm almost at my my decade mark. And, yeah, you know, as a kid on movie sets, I was always asking people what they did. You know, I'm, I'm always looking around, you know, seeing everybody do their job. You kind of get bored, honestly, as a kid. So you got to find something to do on the movie set. And, you know, when I first, my first job in film was actually, I was a PA on Are We Done Yet? And um, from there, I got a little speaking role in uh, Janky Promoters and then, bam, straight out of Compton. And so what, it, what, I've, what I've gotten from that is I appreciate everything that everybody has to do. I communicate with, you know, with everyone on set. And this being my first time being back into the lead spot with Swagger, you know, it's a responsibility that, you know, I see what my dad has had to take on. You know, you have to lead by example. You have to make sure I'm, I'm, I've never been late to work since I started this, you know, just to make sure that I show that I'm the utmost professional and, you know, team leader, you know, mama mentality. You have to show that if you're in the lead spot, you're here to work. If you, if you, if you, the cash cow, you better be worth it. And yeah, it's just showing work ethic, uh, keeping morale high, 
And it's just something that I think you need to do in order to win a championship. Sorry, that's my Laker coming out. (laughs) Well, hey, let me let me be the first to say, uh, Ryan, that everything Shay's talking about is true. Because when he got on the scene with Straight Outta Compton, we became friendly through his love of sports and 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 how great that film was, and we did some stuff on it. But then I would ask the publicists from the studios who worked with him on the subsequent films, I'd say, "How's he doing? What's it like to work with him on a press tour?" And they'd say. The guy has Mamba mentality. And this is before the passing of Kobe. They say, and I said, come on, I know he's a big Kobe fan, but what do you mean? They go, no, no, no. This dude comes on press days and is like, Kobe, I got this. Like he's running through the hallways and doing all this stuff. So that always made me really proud to hear that from, like you said, the people who are behind the scenes and it's such a team effort to make movies and TV shows at the level for which, which well, you're something, doing it. There's something about, you know, starting, you know, having, having a, uh, um, icon to kind of live up to right as a son and to put in the work and then to be to do the work well and then be um you know adulation from it i think that's mm-hmm. you know and understanding and not taking it for granted and 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 that's what i've seen from him i mean that's what i've seen from you o'shea and and that for somebody who you know has failed and failed and failed and is trying to to do the right thing moving forward. I'm excited every opportunity I get, just like you and hearing that. So that's awesome to hear, man. It's always great to hear but that. But then yet there's such entitlement with being a Laker fan, so it's a weird duality. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't. Yeah. He's a Laker fan. He ain't playing, all right? It's a weird right? duality, this yeah. humility and this arrogance. I don't know how Well, there's humility in what he does, and then there's some arrogance in what he gets to talk about, which I like. Yeah, I like listen, that. You got to listen, when the cameras are off, I'm Magic Johnson. When the cameras are on, I'm Kobe Bryant. It's just how you have to be, like all smiles and everything. But I will rip your heart out because yep. I'm a Laker. And to quote Rich Eisen the other day, no ring, no bring. If you don't want a title, if you don't want that championship, don't bring yourself to this purple and gold, man. It's hard out here. <laughs> O'Shea Jackson Jr. joins the show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich. You're not Magic Johnson on Twitter, though, Shay. When it comes to these Lakers and this fan engagement and interaction, you're not Magic Johnson. Magic will give you something like, great to see ex-Lakers doing well in the NBA. You're giving us some real vitriol. Like, you get into it. What what yeah. fuels you? What drives you? What motivates you to engage with fans the way you do about sports online? I think it's because I've been so loyal to the Lakers during, you know, during these times of just trash. You know, we've had a couple of a couple of gems, a couple of diamonds in the rough, but other than that, you know, it it really has been rough. Pretty much since Twitter, since I got on Twitter, you know, I, I think I got on Twitter my freshman year of, of college, and then that was Kobe's last title. So it was, you know, from there, I've been having to deal with people bashing the Lakers and getting on the Lakers. I've been on shows, repping the Lakers tough, and I've been laughed at. And then so when, when that magical day when Darth Vader decided to join the Lakers, LeBron James, I knew that all I had to do was just stay true to the team. And then once I got to that promised land, I'm going to let every single fan of these miserable, disgusting organizations know that they are worthless once again, that they are garbage, and they should be happy that on every single jersey Ben Lyon is a tiny little Laker. That logo is a tiny little Laker, and that's the closest they'll ever get to our greatness. 
Shay, I will remind you, it applies to Hollywood as it does with being an NBA fan. The people you see on the way up, you see them on the way down, Shay. So when the Knicks get back to that, when the Knicks get back to that promised land and I get one in my lifetime, you're going to be one of the first people I call. You guarantee. Ben, I'm not even a, I'm not even a, I'm a Supersonics fan. And Ben, I'm I'm telling you, man, it, you know, pick your spots, bud. Pick your spots. (laughs) Listen, the day New York wins a title, the whole world is going to throw a celebration, man. I can't wait to see that parade. Um, you know, I think it is – honestly, with the team that you guys have and the and the, the, the promise that you're showing, I'm thinking 2050, 52, it should be real a real good year for y'all. Hey, I'm on that TV 12. I think I'm going to be able to see it. So I feel I'm good. I'm hiking, I'm hiking Runyon. TV 12. Okay. I'm hiking Runyon and hearing O'Shea sigh of relief when AD's calf is okay. I'm feeling healthy. I'm going to see it in my lifetime. Hey, appreciate you checking in from set, no less, man. That's really cool. So enjoy Swagger and uh, enjoy this, uh, this Lakers moment because it's not going to last forever. Okay, man. Listen, you know I always got you, Ben. I've always shown that, you know, I got your back whenever you call me. Yeah. Um. To everyone out there, if you love the Lakers, if you hate the Lakers, just remember, Lakers in five. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we say goodbye. O'Shea Jackson Jr. calling in the show. We appreciate it. Uh, coming up next with Ryan Leaf, I want to get your opinion on this Jalen Johnson situation down at Duke. Projected lottery pick has said goodbye to Coach K. We'll get into it next. Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf filling in for Rich Eisen on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich. Ryan will be here today and tomorrow. And then we got Kirk Morrison Thursday, Friday. Rich on vacation, a well-deserved vacation, as he's one of the hardest-working guys in sports media, coming off a Super Bowl. Happy to uh, happy to get, take up uh, 
take up your your old your old job here for a second and and, and hold it down for for a minute. So all right, let's let's get into this Jalen Johnson uh, story um, that I'm really curious to hear your perspective on Ryan Leaf, as Dr. Clapper was calling you yesterday, like you were in trouble, <laughs> Ryan Leaf. Um, because you were once a high-profile, sought-after prospect. And the mentality of being a prospect is different than being a pro. Yet you're still an athlete. Um, and Jalen Johnson, who is projected to be a lottery pick by all accounts, anywhere in the top ten, some draft experts in the NBA have him as high as six, um, has had kind of a tumultuous year at Duke. It's been an unusual year in general in college sports and the world at large. But after some early success, had a foot injury, came back and wasn't getting any playing time, just wasn't playing, and decided to walk away from the team. And it's rubbed some college basketball purists the wrong way. No surprise there. Other people who support athlete empowerment understand that this is a business. And here's a young man who has not yet achieved that pro status and is trying to do what's best for him and his family. The way he went about doing it is maybe up for some debate. But Ryan Leaf, I ask you, when you hear this situation of Jalen Johnson leaving Duke early, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I think it's wonderful. Um, the, the outspoken purists, as you stated, I think are absolutely asinine. I mean, come on. I get you can you can speak your mind. Hey, you can have an opinion about anything. We're doing a radio show for for heaven's sake, so we're we're completely uh, speaking our Complicit opinions here in some ways for sure. Right, but you know, if you're the if you're if you coach, let's say you coach for North Carolina, a la Roy Williams, right? You don't you don't need to comment on this. You know, you talk to your players in the locker room. You talk to them enough. You understand, uh, and you're also a bit of a hypocrite, right? You you kind of bailed in Lawrence, Kansas, right, to go to take your dream job, right? Guess what this kid's dream is? To play in the NBA. Like every kid's dream is who goes to Duke to play basketball, right? This year is unprecedented. I talked to you yesterday about collegiate athletes, collegiate athletics, period, being played during a worldwide pandemic, and I think it's absolutely the wrong message we're sending. I think it's normalized a lot for a lot of people and made them just simply disregard some of the protocols and things in place that have gone on with the with pandemic. But it also, these kids are going to play no matter what because that's all they want to do i completely understand the player that says i want to play college basketball i want to play college football it's it's who i am it's what i care about it's what i want to do i don't know if my life is is anything moving forward in terms of professional so i get that point of view i also very well get the point of view of a young man who's considered to be one of the highest draft picks in the nba lottery and um he wants to focus on that in a season that is not necessarily like any other season and it doesn't. It's not a uh, attack on his character or his values or anything like that. He's doing and looking out for what's best for him right now, and everybody should applaud that. It's interesting. My intersection of sports and, and Hollywood. Sports uh, so much is undetermined. So much is in the in the stars. So much is about what happens on the field and on the court. Hollywood's a lot easier to kind of lay out somebody's career, somebody's roles. First, they'll go to this show, then they'll do that movie, then they'll do press, then they'll take time off. Then you can kind of have a roadmap a little more that that is filled with some certainty, except then you factor in the, you know, the idea that it's all objective. The idea of one movie being better than the other is really just based on people's opinion. Sports then has the definitive they won, they lost. These are the outcomes. There's nothing to debate. He's in a phase right now 
where his future is so uncertain. He doesn't have that next movie role locked in. He doesn't have that recurring role on a series. He doesn't have a job on a team that the business plan changes. So if he goes into the season at Duke wanting to be a top college basketball player, learn from Coach K, grow, that was his intention then. Well, the business has changed since then for him. So his reaction to the new set of circumstances is going to be different. The movie bombed, if you will. So now you got to regroup and maybe go do Broadway. You got you to gotta regroup in some way. I don't think sitting on the bench and only playing a few minutes a game is going to improve his draft status. But there is something to be said of, could he go to the team and say, look, my foot's not right, I'm not feeling healthy, yet I'm still going to be a part of this team. And that's where I think sometimes in this situation, people are, are, are coming at him because of not so much the fact that he did it, but how he did it. Right. There's always that culture. But for him, maybe he's got to go work on rehab. Uh, he has to go work on being ready for the draft. That's what this part is. It, it, and unfortunately, draft time, and it's going to start to happen here with the NFL players or the college players going to the NFL as well as at the NBA, draft time is singular. It becomes all about you, trying to prop you up, uh, show you as this uh, – this unbelievable commodity for this team, and then you have to revert back to team concepts. And sometimes that's really difficult. It was difficult for me because I was being told how, told how special I was, how great I was, and you go from it all being about you to then being about team. And if you can't make that transition seamlessly, uh, it can be problematic when things become, become a problem. So I get, I get your point. I get where they're coming from in terms of that. Um, I just... When you're talking about a, a intercollegiate athlete who does not get compensated for what they do and how much money that is brought in, I'm never, ever going to not take the side and be an advocate for the player to do what's best for him, his future, because as you told me in the break, football, my sport, is maybe the most fleeting or window you have to be at your prime. NBA a little different, but you never know. You never know what injuries can do at the NBA level. That's guaranteed money that sets you and your family up for life, generational wealth uh, that can impact so many different people through that process. And you cannot jeopardize that if you have a chance at doing that. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show, talking about Duke freshman Jalen Johnson, projected NBA lottery pick, announcing that he's leaving the story program. And I think that's where a lot of the emotion comes in for some of the college basketball purists because so much is made about the Duke brotherhood about the brotherhood and about all these different Duke players. You see it every night on NBA TV with Grant Hill shouting out Duke guys when they come on for the post-game interview with Jason Tatum or somebody like that. The brotherhood, the brotherhood. So when you see somebody clearly cast that aside, the brotherhood doesn't seem to matter to Jalen Johnson. He doesn't need to put on street clothes and travel with the team and sit there on the bench as a good teammate, a good brother. Oh, the brotherhood doesn't. People get offended by that, I think. And the, the real truth is, is that all the, the, the mystique around college sports and the history of the program and all oh, the brotherhood. No, it's a business. This guy's trying to make money to feed his family for generate life changing, generational changing money. Uh, anybody would be crazy to to put that at risk and to jeopardize that. So I'm with you in that I fully support him not only leaving Duke, but the idea that, that, uh, that, you know, maybe not even go to Duke in the first place. Like, like if you're really focused, if you're one of those top 10 guys at 18, 19 years old, you know, 
there, there, there are other ways to get to the league. You see LaMelo Ball is going to win Rookie of the Year. He didn't go to college in a traditional way. And I think nope. you're going to start to see the path take some really unusual twists and turns for these, uh, these, men, these men and women. And I think the other crime, too, here, Ryan, is that yesterday we're talking about Paige Beckers. She has to stay at UConn for four years before she goes to the WNBA. They have a, a rule in, the, in their league that you have to be four years removed from high school. So on the flip side, you know, we're getting mad at Jalen Johnson for the way he's decided to leave the season, you know, Duke early a couple weeks early before a March Madness run. And then on the flip, people aren't screaming at the University of Connecticut and the WNBA that they're keeping this trans, this, uh, you know, once in a generational talent on, on stuck in school for four years. It's a total hypocrisy. That is absurd. When you told me that before the show, she is, she could go play in the league right now. But so could Jalen Johnson to a lot, according to a lot of scouts. And yes, and that's why I've always been. Yeah. I've been this way forever. Now the NFL is different. And remember when, uh, Maurice Claret and uh, um, oh, what was the name of that wide receiver from from USC that they challenged? I forget what his name was. The tall, lanky, you know, star for the USC. Those Nelson two Agu- challenged Nelson Aguilar. No, it, no, this was this was before that. Um, I, they challenged the NFL's um, rule on having to be three years removed from high school to to go on to the NFL because. As anybody saw, Maurice Corlett, Clorette could have uh, – he was he was a man. He could have gone after their national championship year as a freshman to the NFL and made an impact. Um, and they challenged that as and, and were shot down and were shot down. And they were the examples, and their careers never never rebounded. At, at, at Mike Williams was the uh, wide receiver at, at, at USC. And that – Mike got a, a chance in the NFL, so did uh, Claret, but it was never it was it never was what it could have been. And um, what I don't understand, I mean, players would do it. I, I guess NFL teams could then start manipulating the situation and take a guy out, you know, first year out of high school, and you know, place him on the practice squad for two years and become developmental. But what's wrong with that? You know, I I don't understand why these rules are in place there to protect the player. I get it. They decide not to go to college and go for a pipe dream of the NFL and never make it, and they never get a college education and all that stuff. So there's there's fallout from that. But if if you're if you're if you're uh, Jadavian Clowney coming out of high school, you don't have to go to South Carolina, right? You you could go to the NFL, right? There are, there are limits to that. There there are a few handful of players that can do that. Basketball, not true. Like. You can be a high school senior and be as good as some of the guys, I mean, in, in the NBA and can go there. And, and the fact that you had to, I guess, almost like fraudulently have to go and just waste a year in, in college just to, to for the mandate, uh, you know, has produced a lot of these problems where, where coaches have gotten in trouble in terms of recruiting, paying off, things like that. You, you eliminate a lot of these things if you just allow them to go earn a living. Same with the women's side of basketball. When you've got a player like this, a once-in-a-generational type player, you know, Sabrina Ionescu two years ago could have easily done it, you know. Then she doesn't have to go through the heartbreak of last year getting all the way to uh, the tournament and probably have a really good chance of winning it and then it get thrown out the window because of COVID-19. So that's crazy that you told me that's four years. Yeah. I mean, she's going to be there for four years. You know how, how – <laughs> She'll be averaging 50 and I come, well, come 2025. 20, uh, yeah. Ben Lyons and, and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. Getting back to Jalen Johnson down at Duke, you know, there's so much pressure, obviously, placed on a young man or a young woman as 
they're being told, you're going to be great. You're great now, but you're going to make the league. You're going to be a star. So Billie Jean King said pressure is a privilege, but Ryan, you've been through these two types of pressures, the pressure of being a prospect and the pressure of being the number two draft pick being asked to save a franchise. How do you equate the two, and is one pressure more suffocating than the other? Well, you see, you take it in hold a lot differently when you're that person, okay? So when you're, when you're in it, it feels so much more important. Like, you don't have the perspective of, I'm playing a child's game for a boatload of money, right? And that's the perspective you should have. But there's just all of these other influences, right? There's the media, there's the fans, there's... And the fact that it is an uh, institution in our country, football. Professional football is this institution that people uh, seemingly use as a drug, a way to escape their lives on Sundays and are different. And so I took it all on too much, and that's the best advice I can give to these young players now to understand who you are but also have perspective around what the importance of it is and what other people think of you is, not your, is none of your business yeah, in this I, sense. I, I think Jalen Johnson definitely needs to hear that this afternoon is that you know this is his decision. You're going to hear a lot of noise from the college basketball purists and pu- guys in the brotherhood and all the things, but continue on your path and, here's, and you know, keep here's, going here's for my, your dream. Here's my, here's my advice to him, and here's my advice to everybody, and I posted a little early. Don't take things serious personally. A lot of the hurtful things people do has nothing to do with you. It's all connected with your struggle, with their struggles. Forgive them, wish them well, let it go. Not everyone will understand your journey, people. That's okay. Live your life. No need to make no need to make everybody understand. Wise words from Ryan Leaf here on the Rich Eisen Show. Well said, my man. Uh, coming up next, how the NFL can learn from Mark Davis's acquisition of the Las Vegas Aces. How the Raiders owner is changing not only women's basketball but maybe the NFL as well. We'll get into that next. Ben Lyons and Ryan Lee filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ben Lyons, hanging out with Ryan Leaf. I promised myself, Ryan, this week on the show, filling in for Rich, I wasn't going to bore his audience with too much Knicks talk. (laughs) It's been a challenge. I'm not going to lie. I've had to sit on some hot takes. Rich Rich bores his listeners a ton with Jets talk. So, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I get it. I get it. But when I see my man Tommy Beer, who's a writer for Forbes, when I see him tweeting out things like this, it makes it really hard to bite my tongue. Ryan, did you know that Julius Randle is averaging more points than Anthony Davis or Carl Anthony Towns, more rebounds than Joel Embiid or Bam Adebayo, more assists than Drew Holiday and Donovan Mitchell, and Randle is shooting higher three-point percentage than Damian Lillard and Buddy Heald. These are just things that I cannot sit on. Is it is it like the uh, the tree that falls in the forest doesn't make a sound thing? I think that's a, probably a good metaphor here. I think it's a good metaphor here. There are five guys in the history of the NBA, Ryan Lee, five guys in the history of the NBA who have had five triple doubles five games in a row. 
Michael Jordan, Will Chamberlain, Russell Westbrook, Oscar Robertson, and Alfred Payton. So I just have to share these things yes, because they get me very excited every morning, and I can't share them throughout the entire show because we want people to listen. So Agreed. I have hey, to throw out a couple just to get hey, off my should be commended when people do great things and they are and and, and you're a fan of it. Yes, I would not have known that. I would have garden. not known that unless you told me just now. So I feel more informed. Good about Thank the you. NBA. That's Thank the you. intention of this thing, right? A little yes. fun and a little information. All right. Well, this was a uh, uh, an interesting article I read from Nancy Armour in USA Today, and it's about how Raiders owner Mark Davis is putting his money where his mouth is. That's right. Art, our engineer, gets excited. Any mention of the Raiders gets Art, the Raider fan, fired up. Well, here he is doing some some interesting business deals. He purchased the Las Vegas Aces from MGM Resorts. The deal was announced and approved by the WNBA's Board of Governors on Friday. And what I love about this deal, Ryan, is that before it went down, after the WNBA season ended, Mark Davis went and he sat with Asia Wilson, the WNBA MVP, took the Aces all the way to the WNBA Finals against Seattle, and they met in Los Angeles when the Raiders played the Chargers. Davis said he's outlined his vision for the team to her. I wanted to find out if she'd accept me as the franchise leader. She gave me the seal of approval, and that meant everything to me, and it just got me thinking, this kind of relationship between an NFL owner, and who's now a WNBA owner, and his star player, is is really special and he and he's able to form it before he actually buys the team so now that he's the owner of the team you can only imagine that the two of them are going to be on the same page and the aces are going to go on to have great success in the city of las vegas and in the WNBA. so can we see better relationships between star players and owners in the nfl because so much of what we talk about with aaron Rodgers or russell wilson or deshaun watson these these stars of the league comes down to communication issues with their front offices, their ownership groups. So much of the Brady-Belichick drama in New England was was really centered around, uh, you know, uh, the ownership group there and Brady's relationship with the owner and how his relationship with Robert Kraft was probably better than it was with Belichick's relationship with Kraft. And it comes down to just ownership and relationships. And it's so much of it in team sports. And a lot of these franchises in the NFL that are reeling, the Jets... The, the Texans, the Cowboys to an extent, uh, it comes down to how the owners relate to their star players. So when I saw that about Mark Davis, I thought, wow, what an opportunity uh, that the NFL can learn from the WNBA. Well, to your point, how ownership and billionaires relate to the everyday person, that's the bigger question here because that, that still plays into it. You know, you're talking about a billionaire relating to a millionaire uh, when you're talking about their athletes. They are assets to what they do. Period. And um, people just have a different perspective. And, and Mark Davis just – he saw an opportunity to, to shift, that, shift that perspective and how it looks and uh, inclusiveness. That's just we, – we as human beings are connected. Yes, we talked about this all throughout the show today, but it's also about including one another in, in a discussion, in a, a dialogue about the, the future of our country and the future of our, our – our, our existence. So watching him do that, it's got to even make it look even worse to what the Texans did not do. Even if Mark was placating her, uh, which I don't believe for a minute he was, if the Houston Texans organization simply placated Deshaun Watson and, 
and, and let him share his opinion and took it in and then said, hey, you know, we appreciate what we, we decided to go this different direction. And I, I'm sure he would have been much more uh, open to hearing that kind of instead of just hearing nothing, crickets. That for him was like, you don't want, you don't want my input. You don't want me to have my stamp on this organization after you gave me the most money ever in this organization's history. So why would I want to work hand-in-hand with you moving forward? Ryan Leaf and Ben Lyons filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. And I think yesterday you really um, you know, made a lot of sense to me in that the idea of you get the extension, you get a seat at the table. That's the demarcation of who's allowed in the room, the room where it happens to steal a line from Hamilton, if you will. They gave Deshaun Watson the money. But then they didn't want to talk to him about what was going on with the business. And that shut up doesn't and do your make job. any sense. That's what it says. It says just shut up and I already I already gave you more money than you probably deserve. Uh, shut up, go play. We'll do the big boy stuff here. And that's I mean, you can as somebody who resents in that way, you can hear it that way. It may not have been that way, but that's how you you know materialize it in your mind. And then you're like, why would I want to contribute to a place and give everything I have? Not just for the money. I can go anywhere and make the money. I want to go to a place where I can make change, real change, and do a positive thing. And This is what players are thinking of now because we talked about the generational wealth. You get that extension. You get the highest contract ever in the, hist- in the history of the franchise. You become part of that franchise and need to have a seat at the table, and that's a perfect analogy of how that should be. Yeah, Mark Davis, uh, the owner of the Los Angeles uh, – sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders – uh, buying the Las Vegas Aces and sitting down with MVP Asia Wilson, it, you know, it, it makes so much sense in that sport because there's probably never, I mean, with the exception of Donald Sterling owning the Clippers, never been in a, a situation like what we saw in Atlanta with Kelly Loeffler owning the Atlanta Dream and her outspoken comments about the Black Lives Matter movement when you're talking about owning a WNBA team. It just doesn't make sense. There's a disconnect. Between it's ownership and, and and the players, so he's it's, you know in that sport is looking to change the culture and really form a bridge with a star player, and, and I think it, it, it's a page that the NFL can really t- take a you know take a, a look at because you know they're able to now get on the same page and go out there and and not only compete for championships in their sport but also run a successful business. Like the Aces are popping in Vegas. And Vegas is popping, and he's no, and D- Davis knows that all boats rise, and if the Raiders do well, it'll make everything do well. So, you know, these other, these other owners around the league, I think they can use this as a real opportunity. I also, the I also autumn think, wind is a pirate. So excited anytime we mention I the Raiders also think on the show, the, even if we're talking about the Aces. Also, I think that the, uh, what Mark saw in terms of what Sue Bird and the rest of the WNBA this year and the influence they had for these strong athletic women that made social change this year. And, and it, affected the, it affected the election greatly in Georgia. So he understands the movement that's happening. He can read the room. And he, and, and he, and he approached it in a, in a mature adult fashion, which is something rare from the Raiders. And something rare folks. oftentimes from ownership yes. groups in the NFL. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot of rarities in this situation. And, and, and we'll keep an eye on how these, this, you know, players and ownership relationships either fracture or grow stronger during this NFL offseason. Um, all right, coming up next, my man, 100 grand. I've done the Oscars with Adnan Verk, and we're going to talk a little baseball as well. You know him from MLB Network, but we're also going to break down this year's supporting actress category. We're doing Oscar categories every day here on the show as I'm filling in for Rich all week long. So coming up next, Adnan Verk. 
Don't go anywhere. It's Ben Lyons and Ryan Leaf filling in for Rich Eisen on The Rich Eisen Show. 